Join me, Professor RPG, as I sit down with friends, colleagues, and special guests as we reminisce and discuss role-playing games that left their mark on us. Expect to see all sorts, from western style to Japanese and even tabletop. So stay a while and listen, and let us trigger those memories of tales long since completed. Relive that fantasy you hold dear, and come along with us, adventurer, on this quest into the past. Welcome to the RPG University. We open on the bustling main street of Palisades. Sun has begun to set and day vendors are packing up their stands as nighttime vendors begin to hover. A few months have passed since the last time the Rat Queen saved the world. Hannah is walking with a determined look in her eye. Word around Palisades is that a new tavern was going to be celebrating their opening tonight by tapping a cask of an equally especially rare dwarven ale. As she comes to the main road, she has to pause as carts and wagons pass by, filled with their wares. As she's standing there, she feels a meager tug on her arm. Oh, excuse me, madam. Oh, oh, you're one of those, uh, uh, rat queens, right? Um, hello? Oh, well, I see. I didn't make it home in time before the hustle and bustle happened, and I was hoping that you could perhaps escort me across the street. Do do you normally just touch people? Well, I I was hoping you could just walk me across the street. You looked like you were going that way anyway. Yeah, whatever your problem is, it doesn't sound like anything that's my problem, and you're right now standing between me and some dwarven ale, so if you know anything that's good for yourself, you'd stop talking that, and That's true, but you see, I'm, you see my cane, I'm, I'm quite slow in all this hustle and bustle, and the wagons, they don't, they won't stop why? for a... Why? 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 You're, you're standing right now by yourself. I, listen, I saved the world, you know that, right? I've done this so that you could... So that you could even stand here. And uh, talk a to little me. person like myself. You are so imposing. Imposing? Like you said, you, you, you saved the world. Everyone in Palisades knows you and the Rat Queens. Well, I was hoping you could just walk me across the road. You know, even though we have saved the world, it's not like everyone remembers that. And you think they'd be a lot nicer to me after they. I mean, it's not like it's not like I get a pass. It's not like life's easier for me. You know. So your set of circumstances which include having to cross this street, that's your problem. My problem is also having to cross this street so I could go get drunk. <coughs> well, well, if you're already going across the street and you don't want to help me across, could I just uh, climb on your back and you just walk across the Unbelievable. way? Unbelievable! Unbelievable! I, you know, I have a halfling friend, as you well damn know, and she makes it work. But she's also far younger and stronger than I am. On what planet did you think, with my reputation, I'd be interested in helping you? Well, because you saved the world. Uh, I'd like to pick him up and throw him. <laughs> okay. Uh, roll a to throw check, I guess. <laughs> like, see if I can time him in between the traffic. Oh my god! I got such a good roll. Um, I just rolled an 11. <laughs> you rolled 11? Yeah. Okay. You pick up this old gentleman <laughs> from, like, the scruff of his collar, and you just chuck him in the opposite direction he wants to go. Oh, really? Okay. 
Okay, great, great. But let's just, for fairness, because it was a good roll, can I throw him into like this soft stack of hay? Sure. Okay. Okay, great, I do that. Here you go. Uh, fly, young man. No! As he's flying through the air, he stops. He, he seems to float there. With his cloak, he flourishes it in front of him. Around him comes crackling dark lightning, and fog emanates from him. Oh, God. Of course. The cloak... What did I do wrong? The cloak... He drops his cloak that was covering him, and now all you can see is this old man who has seemingly shrunk a good half a foot has now an azure hood that hides most of his face, and two glowing icy eyes glare from above. Meh, you foiled me this time, Rat Queen, but mark my words, next time I shall have my revenge. This isn't the last time you will see the cousin of the fifth in line to be the Dark Lord of the Underworld. Fear me, for I am Chad. And Chad? Chad. Because oh, it's always a Chad. And a dark twister scoops him up out of the air, lifting him further into the sky. And you watch him sail towards the horizon and towards the setting sun. And that's why you never walk old people across the street. True. I mean, and I, I, you know, maybe I, maybe I was being a bad citizen, or maybe I was, maybe I knew he was evil. Yeah. Maybe. Well, yeah. Who's anyone to judge? That's that's a mystery for another day. What a a Chad. (laughs) What a Chad, right? (laughs) That is so fucking funny. Um, I'm allowed to curse, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, yeah. I love that. I love that, like, the self-importance, probably never heard of this person (laughs) before, um, (laughs) is just so (laughs) clever. Class is in session, and this week I'm joined by guest professor and raiding rodent monarch, my personal PAX friend and producer, oh, excuse me, not producer, uh, actress over, uh, has, has an actress who has done tons of things, and also is Hannah from the Hyper RPG, Rat Queens RPG, Miss Jessica Lynn Verde. Thank you so much for coming. Uh, thank you for having me. This is, I, so this is the first time I've ever done a remote podcast interview so um that's exciting uh second of all with someone who could create that kind of creative opening that's even more exciting so like i'm just this is this is already so exciting i miss hannah i miss playing her and it was i i just it was so awesome to kind of jump right back in so thank you for that yeah no problem well thanks for for humoring me and uh in our little mini encounter episode and you are actually the first guest to talk about tabletop RPGs here in RPG University too, so I'm That's super so stoked. Exciting. Yeah, I'm super you know, stoked. What's funny about it is um, I I didn't do any RPGs up until like two years ago, and then it completely engulfed my life. So it's yeah. really funny how something uh, can mean so much to you that you didn't know about for your whole life. You know? Yeah, completely, completely agree. 
But speaking of this web series that you were a part of, um, it started back on February 20th, 2019. Dungeon World is kind of, you You guys played a kind of customized rule set based on the Dungeon World tabletop game system, which originally came out in on March 1st of 2013. And coincidentally, I don't know if you know this, the Rat Queen comics started also back in 2013. So funny. Yeah. I, I, well, just like coincidental, of course, but because um, I, I, it's in, it's what's awesome about the playset that we used. You're right that it was modified. Um, Adam Koble, who created Dungeon World, and <coughs> Curtis Weeb, who created the comics, worked together to um, min, uh, modify our playset. So it's interesting that they were both kind of actively creative around the same time. Yeah, I wonder if uh, the Rat Queen's creator ever played Dungeon World. Uh, you know, he he jumped in. He actually played with us once, and he um, jumped in really seamlessly. He seemed to really get... Well, obviously, he played one of his characters, so mm-hmm. it's not like he needed to do much work uh, to know how to act as one of them. Um, but I don't remember if he said he did much RPG, mm-hmm. but... Yeah, I wonder. Oh, uh, just so you know, if you do hear meows, it's that time of day where my black and white cat has decided that even though he hasn't done this for three years, that it's time to go outside. No, completely okay. And if you hear barking, it's my black and white Sheba being a sassy little princess. So she's so cute. She's that that you sent the picture of Mm -hmm. her sitting on the uh, arm of the of the couch. It is just so precious. Yeah, really weird day. Don't know why she was doing that, but it was strange. But she wanted she, to be she wanted to be close. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. But yes, other things that you all might have been playing back in 2013, uh was, if you were playing video games anyway, DuckTales Remastered came out, reinvig wow. er, the remake of the old NES title. Um I think that was the last performance of the original voice actor of Scrooge McDuck too. Um, wow. Yeah. Was he returned to the role in that Wolf Among Us, the Telltale game came out where you uh which is I think actually you would probably like it if you're big into stories and everything, Jess. Um you play as like a werewolf detective as you investigate supernatural and kind of um fantasy creatures and stuff in like a New York City. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Yeah, what what system was that on? Uh, it's on PC, it's on PS3, PS4, it's a, on a bunch of them. Oh, that's cool. Good yeah. to know. Yeah. Dragon's Crown came out where you could hack and slash with your friends in with overly exaggerated proportion characters. Legend of Zelda Link Between Worlds sent us back to the Link, uh, Link to the Past timeline with a very good handheld Zelda. Sly Cooper, Thieves in Time, showed us Sly Cooper's lineage and let us play as them. Kingdom Hearts HD 1.5 Remix. Uh, we got to play Kingdom Hearts again. Were you? Have you ever played any of the Kingdom Hearts games? I have not. Um, you know, the panel that you and I both attended about the Final Fantasy, mm-hmm. like that's actually the most I've ever even learned about it. Um, okay. Well, like realizing that it's Final Fantasy based, because when I tell people I, I love Zelda, the first thing they say to me is like, oh, you'd love Final Fantasy. And it's it is amazing to me that I haven't played it. Um, my only Final Fantasy um, experience was the movie. 
and that's that wasn't a great way to drop in no um not at all but it's still kind of like cool but uh what were we saying what was i saying oh i was just asking if you had played kingdom hearts before no i haven't i think I know based off of that panel that we saw, I don't think I would want mm-hmm. to go back and play that, right? I would want to, or or is it is it great? Um, it hasn't aged as well as the other ones, but I think it's still a very good. I I still very much enjoy it. I think it's still very much playable. Got it. Um, uh, Lightning Returns, the end of the Final Fantasy Thirteen trilogy, also came out in twenty thirteen, and one of my favorite games of last year that got remastered. It originally came out in 2013 was Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel. What's that one all about? Uh, Think Harry Potter, but instead of a wizard school, you're teenagers at a military academy that are trying to break down uh, prejudices and barriers and there are giant robots involved. Wow. Yeah, it's real good. Multi-layered. It's very good. Yeah. Very good. One of the uh, the voice actor, uh, Sean Shiplock, was actually, he voices the main character, Reen Schwarzer, in the series, and he was actually on a previous episode talking about in, an cool. old game uh, for the PlayStation Secret of Mana. So, yes, very good game. Well, good on you. Yes. Well, thank you. But we are here to talk all about you, all about Rat Queens, <laughs> all about that experience. So, kind of set the stage for people that might not be familiar with um your work and rat queens in general and like what this series was about great yeah um (coughs) listen i have no problem talking about myself whatsoever but i always get a little shy sometimes even though that's surprising um so i had been dabbling in um hyper rpg as a guest because i i did improv um in fact today was the first time I was ever on Hyper RPG, I think, three years ago. Oh, uh, really? Well, happy anniversary. Yes. Thank you. So uh, people might know Amontiak. Um, he is like a well-known little dungeon master and geek, and he's a Hufflepuff. He did a Hufflepuff video. <laughs> he is one of those people that um, is really good at bringing people together. And so he just had all his improv improv friends on this hyper RPG show that no longer exists. And from there, periodically, I'd get invited to join. Um, And boy, was my comfort level so low because I was like, I don't know anything about (laughs) D&D. What am I doing? Uh, But then uh, a friend of mine, Cameron Rice, invited me to be on um, the show that he pitched, which was Blood Curdling Tales from the Loop, and then it became Blood Curdling Tales in Time. Um, and that was fun because I just got to be a teenager, mm-hmm. and and he had to worry about the system, and all I had to do was roll dice. So I, in, in a way, um, my entry into RPGs was also improvised and um, amoebus. I, I, Good I, word. I went through cost- yeah, thank you. Um, or amorphous. I've been thinking about the word amorphous a lot because um, of anamorphs. I don't know why. I like yeah. I like those books are free books. or something. I remember seeing in your uh, Discord earlier. Yes, which actually is exciting because I watched yeah. that TV show, the short-lived. TV That's my childhood, show. man. Those books. And I loved them, and you know, I don't know that the I don't I don't remember disliking the TV show that much. Like it held up if I remember correctly. Um, I don't remember gosh. watching the TV show much. I was more of a fan of the books myself. 
So I was um, a babysitter little sisters girl. That's oh. what I like the babysitters club. Oh. Mm-hmm. Like just it read every single book. Um, did you see Netflix is making a babysitters club series? I did. Did you say did I say that? Is that no, did you see it? I did. I think I think if I remember correctly, um, Alicia Silverstone. Uh, what's her name? Is that right? Alicia, the girl who plays Cher. What's her name? Cher. Cher in Clueless. like the singer. Nope. Yeah, Alicia Silverstone. Oh God, I just never said. She was also Batgirl in uh, Batman and Robin. Sexy. She's got those pouty lips. I think she's in uh, the series that's being made right now. Oh. It is. You know, one thing I have to say about like <coughs> when our childhood stuff is getting remade. That series isn't going to be for me. It's going to be for the 17-year-olds now. So that doesn't mean I won't check it out. But, like, um, it, it, I, I had a, t- a TV show. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There was one that I watched when I was those girls' ages. And so I don't know that this one – I think it's smart that they put someone like Alicia Silverstone in it because uh, it will make my generation watch. Um, that's what they did yeah. with – um, Riverdale they put Jason Priestley if I remember correctly or the guy who just died but one of the 90210 guys so that it garnered that audience to kind of say hey it's kind mm-hmm. of like a nod to what you used to watch so uh, that's a long way to say I don't know how interested I am in the series and we'll know when we'll, when it airs <laughs> yeah um, so let's see to go back on track um, to Hyper RPG's credit, they are always thinking in terms of inclusion. Um, it's part of their uh, it's part of their mission statement to be inclusive. They have a really phenomenal um, community of uh, diverse mm-hmm. people, just like uh, uh, like like humans are, you know. Right. Uh, but it's also a very welcoming environment. So um, they had been talking about an all female RPG show um and because i do i'm in an improv group that's all female he initially pitched the idea as being a show that we could do that our group could do um but we're all busy in our various ways so we ended up having three of the ripley improv girls on the show which was really nice oh very cool yeah oh it was it was just so nice to be able to drop in with them because there was already an immediate rapport and that at first I think intimidated the two other castmates, uh, but because of our training with the improv um, and the way we're trained in our improv, <laughs> everyone was just folded into our um, our little pocket really quickly. Like we all kind of bridged the gap, became BFFs really mm-hmm. quickly, and um, dropped into the world. You know, it, yeah. as with anything, it takes a couple uh, tries to to get your feet wet, but. But we were pretty much there uh, when we started. So it was fun. It was very fun. Now, had you read or uh, experienced or kind of researched the Rat Queen's property or any of the comics before you guys started the recording? We did. Yeah, it was definitely required reading um, the first volume. Um, and then the other girls were much, much better about keep, keeping up with the comic as it was rolling out. Because, as you know, there's mm-hmm. like... Besides, like, between, like, uh, breaks and changes in authorship, et cetera, uh, it's still going. Yeah. Um, so they were really good about getting the comic every time it came out and talking about it. 
at least in their own personal Twitter feeds or whatever. Um, so I didn't, I hadn't heard about it. Obviously, Zach Eubank, who is the Hyper RPG, um, see, I don't know if he's the CEO anymore, but based, oh, he's the CEO. No, nope. he's just like the, the creator, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, he knew about it because he's a big comic book guy. So it was definitely his little baby for a little while to do this. And it was awesome to read it, dude. It's so awesome because, um, a, a little bit of background about my personal mis- mission statement. Of course, I'm all about like uh, feminism and um, mm-hmm. equality and um, and things like that. But in in reality, what I really want is a world where we don't have to say uh, all female group or you know all diversity. Right. Where it where equality is just the um, the standard and the norm. It's obviously not where we're at right now. Um, so they do, we do have to make initiatives to, it shouldn't be weird or it shouldn't be yeah. unique that an all female RPG is a comic yeah. <laughs> and uh, on a stream, but in a way it kind of was. So, uh, I'm all, f- I, I don't want, I don't like using that as like a advertising platform, but it is good so that people mm-hmm. looking for representation know how to find us. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And I completely agree. It shouldn't. You shouldn't need to put all female anything or cast or that shouldn't be a selling point. It should just be four or five passionate players or fans of X genre. So I'm hoping it does perpetuate the the fact that it's other and not the norms. Uh, So which we can get a whole bigger um, ethical conversation about it. But, you know, uh, and I'm doing a lot of work. I'm reading. I'm reading White Fragility mm. with um, the the Ripley Group right now, and uh, for fear of um, mis uh, being wrong, I'm just gonna say that that we're reading that. So it's like my brain has a lot of um, in input right now, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to look at how the whole world works and how I operate within it too. There you go. There you go. Yeah. So give us a rundown of the storyline that you participated in as Hannah, and who is Hannah? First off, great. Great. So I, the, the, so we did have to read the comic books, but somewhere I maybe someone said it to me. Maybe Emily Jacobson, who was our amazing uh, game master, said that Hannah was the leader. So in my head, I was like, fuck, yeah, I'm the leader. <laughs> uh, I'm not. My character was not the leader. I, I just I, even through reading the first volume, I did. I missed it. I missed that I wasn't. But that my friend Laurie Jones, who was playing um, what was she, she was playing Violet. Uh, Violet is the leader, and I and I and so what ended up happening, uh, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but uh, because I misunderstood, I kept on saying I'm a leader, I'm a leader, and it ended up becoming a fun subplot mm-hmm. for her and I to deal with head on that my character didn't think she was a good enough leader, thus wanted to be the leader. Um, so that was kind of fun that mistake, that improv mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, so Hannah Vasari is a half elf, half demon. Um, and that means that I think her mom was a necromancer. So her mom is dead, but exists on like this, um, plane, uh, like this death plane. Mm -hmm. So she's able to like tap into her mom. Um, and her powers stem from her demon father. Uh, but she did have, she has like an earthbound father, um, who ended up marrying the mother and, and loves Hannah like a daughter and Hannah loves him. Um, but 
basically she's I don't know she's so so her kind of thing was um punk steampunky mm-hmm. kind of thing she was just really was a fucking difficult person she <laughs> a misanthrope is a good way to put it okay um, she she just was an asshole for assholes sake <laughs> um and and it's really because she was hurting um she endured a lot of loss um but you know also found her own family with um, the Rat Queens. I, th- I think she might have been the reason they formed, but she wasn't the leader. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that was bleeding from a need of um, companionship and love. Excellent. Did that explain it well enough? No, yeah. And so what's... Without going, I guess, too deep into spoilers, in the series, uh, in the Rat Queens RPG series, what predicament do we find the Rat Queens in? Is it a, is it a story that's unique to the rpg or was it one kind of based off of um story beats from the comic that's a really excellent question and um actually totally answerable avoiding spoilers um emily jacobson who i mentioned previously um she decided to treat us as though we were an alternate timeline version of ourselves okay so some of the past stuff that we had gone through obviously uh, was included, but when one of the first main plot lines in the actual comic occurred, uh, a split in time happened, and we were on, as Emily put it, one branch of this time tree. And so the the we ended up dealing with some of that past. She actually threw us back in time in order to fix some of the things that we were facing, but she created this incredible incredible arc of a story that like she saw it from the beginning and she Mm -hmm. ended it as though it had started in the same way um this this i'm trying to think we basically encountered an unbeatable god um who saw an opportunity to um take over the world uh, uh, with with something we had actually created so uh, our saving the world private previously from Narigoth, mm-hmm. um, split split the world. Narigoth is the god that D Eliza Pearl's character played, and that's the um, god that she commune, communes with. Um, by doing that, he saw this old god saw an opportunity to uh, wedge himself into our world and take over, and was basically using us as pawns uh, in a chess game. It's fascinating. So she had all these. Um, metaphors and um, and through lines that just really blew my mind how sh- how well thought out it was, uh, but also it didn't feel like it didn't feel really clunky. It mm-hmm. just felt like a really enjoyable story. I, but it was so good it could be it could be a comic. It it was, but what her story was was phenomenal. Is what I'm trying to say. Has any of the things that you guys went through been reflected in the comic sense you played? There was something about... Um, or like inside jokes or anything that was kind of wrapped into the, I guess, canonical timeline? Yeah. Um, I think if I remember correctly, there's this character, Gary, who's just everyone hates. And I think 
because Emily was talking to Curtis as she was developing it, there were some things that she was allowed to hint towards or include. Uh, I'm probably not going to remember exactly what, but this Gary character is going through a uh, a lost king sort mm-hmm. of um, subplot that he kind of hinted at when Curtis came on. He played this character and he was kind of hinting at that. So there was some kind of there was some nice um, bridging there. Um, I think there was something about Hannah having her arm cut off that just so happened in the next ep- in in the next comic book it, that oh, happened dang. to her character. I know uh, it, something sim- sim- like uh, Tiffany. Did you ever watch Adventure Time? Yes. It felt like that. Have you when, watched with all Jake? of Adventure Time? No. No, not Jake. With- Finn. Finn. Finn was the one. That's right. I call. So I'm not gonna. If anyone ever wants to watch it, um, I called him losing his arm. At three seasons prior because they talked about it so much um, or like hinted at it like it was just some, like in his alternate timelines he never he had an arm that was missing mm-hmm. so it just felt like that it felt like interconnected in a in a silly way that's so cool I know it was very cool so were you always like from day one gonna be Hannah or had they thought of you maybe being any of the other characters uh, I think Emily mentioned shoot you know, it would have. I would have lent myself to being um, the Violet character because she's a redhead. Mm-hmm. But in terms of how my personality manifested itself on the Hyper RPG channel, I was much better as a heel and an antagonist, or mm-hmm. again as a misanthrope, because uh, I just was that kind of person on stream anyway. So putting me as Hannah, as this chaotic, neutral, chaotic, good character, really, really, really made sense. Um, and I don't know that I would have wanted to play the other character as well. Mm-hmm. I, I always, I, I'd welcome the challenge, you know. Um, but I definitely feel, f- even if I, even reading it, I felt more connected with Hannah. I felt mm-hmm. like she, her emotional journey was something that I could relate to. And so, yeah, I'm, I think it, it, the the characters played out perfectly for who we were personally mm-hmm. and what we were able to portray. I thought it was hilarious how the first time we get introduced to your character in the first episode of the series, the prologue, was you reaching over to basically feel if your boyfriend had a heart like Morningwood. It's like, okay, okay, that's where we're going. Okay, that this isn't a PG uh, uh, podcast. Okay, let's see where this is going. And then kicking him out and then interacting with your dad character and saying how you just had some good ass the night before and it it was hilarious um and it yeah it was it kind of right uh, from the get-go you, you set the tone what is. we can expect from hannah and i love was that. i the first person no she was the second i was yeah. the second person violet to... was the first because she threw the uh the sword through the thing and then talked to the girl with pears and and that girl ends up coming um, back into the series yeah. several more times. I mean, to speak of how smart uh, Emily was weaving all these through lines. Mm-hmm. Um, so I remember that, you know, it's improv, essentially. I did yeah. not go into that scene knowing exactly what I was going to do. Uh, you know, because whatever she was going to offer me was going to inform what my character was doing at that moment. Um but I remember being really nervous all of a sudden. It's very rare that I get nervous these mm-hmm. days. I was a little nervous before the PAX panel um, because I just felt like I was out of my depth. 
in it. And then when I realized that I misunderstood the <laughs> the panel, I, I took a breather and was fine. Um, misunderstood in terms of I thought that I was competing against my fellow panelists like mm-hmm. to prove that I knew about video games. And that's just not what it was. Um, but I remember getting all of a sudden very nervous right before we went on. And then she, you know, pans over to me, essentially. And I, I dropped in to Hannah almost immediately. Mm-hmm. I, it, it Like, it was without thinking, too. And it's we also, like, did a couple of practice rounds, and we talked mm-hmm. a lot about it. Um, but it, when, t- you know, push comes to shove, you just have to do it. Yeah. Um, but I remember just it happening really naturally. And I, I might have pushed it, the envelope a little bit with regards to her um, explicitness. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was something also fun about it, it it mirrored a personal year that I was having where I challenged myself to not be what I was raised to mm-hmm. be like a lady, like what a lady should be. Um, because why? Why am I supposed to be a certain way just because I have female parts? And Hannah doesn't behave that way. She behaves really how she wants to, which is also masking pain, of course, yeah. and, and, and not in the healthiest uh, manifestations but it was really fun to explore um, vulgarity and crudeness in a safe ish space mm-hmm. with her and this that's what you touched on is one of the joys I find about playing tabletop RPGs just this this kind of environment especially when you have a good group of friends and people you know to play in just invent a character or in your case adapt a character and kind of uh go into their shoes uh it the perspective and you can take things in so many different ways just off the top of my head it's like for the scene we did uh we role played at the beginning nowhere in my notes like my breakdown did i think that you wouldn't walk this character across the street you know it was so I had like if you succeed, full succeed, partially succeed or fail. I had three different scenarios and those branched off into other things. Just I assumed, oh, she'll just I can get her to walk across the street. Nope. OK, you just chuck me. It's like, screw it. We're doing it live and just OK. So how am I going to get back to what I wanted to do? And it's that kind of fluidity and touching on improv and being able to come up with things is on the fly and adapting is one of the things about RPGs, tabletop RPGs, be it uh, Dungeon World or Dungeons and Dragons or um, Shadowrun or any of the other ones. It's no matter how much you prepare, your players will always mess with it. They will always mess with what they will never do what you expect them to. And it's so much fun. And it's part being able to either run a campaign and come up with these things is one of the best parts of being a game game master or a dungeon master. And like what you said, being able to fit into shoes and kind of do things that you yourself wouldn't normally do or react in ways you normally wouldn't. It's so freeing and fun as a player. And it's like, I think that's really what makes these games special. Yeah, you're, you've talked about so much that gets me excited about this. Um, the, I'll say it to begin with, um, I, I, I feel much more inhibited when I do 
um, RPGs that aren't being taped for an audience. And I think that's just because I'm afraid on person to person that I'm going to embarrass myself. Um, <laughs> and because I'm really in reality, like most humans are, I really want yeah. people to like me. And if I do something weird, especially in character, I'm like, oh, my God, this person's <laughs> going to think I'm a, I'm a fucking psychopath because I even thought of that. Um, so there was something nice about the performative aspect um, that made me even feel freer, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. Um, something I think I saw someone tweet, maybe we, we f- both follow this person, but they said um, they are not the, the, the game master. Like, as a game master, I'm not so much the storyteller as the actual RPGs are the ones that are the storytellers because mm-hmm. a GM gets a lot of credit for like, oh, look at the story that they weaved. Um, and of course, or wove, um, of course, of course, it's, it is all thanks to the game master facilitating um, yeah. what's happening um, and guiding. And as a player, you really should lean towards the hints that the game master is giving you. But that doesn't mean you can't make motivated choices in game. Um, something I wanted to say about that. And I lost my brainsies for a second. The um, most fun things and memorable, if, from my experience playing tabletop RPGs, the most memorable and funnest parts I can remember from my time playing are moments we didn't follow the cues from the like the dungeon master or uh, my players didn't follow my cues. It's like those are what I remember. That's what half of the fun came from in Blood Curling Tales from Time. There was one episode. Mm -hmm. This is actually a a compliment to Cameron Rice, who was our game master for that game. he lo- he was so good at improv and he uh, is so good at improv and he uh yesed us in such a fucking fun way <laughs> and uh one one episode he's like okay the the person that you need to rescue is going down that road and all of us all four of us or something were like well what's happening over there and it mm-hmm. created this whole like tributary of story that ends up practically informing the rest of the run and and to his credit he was like okay let's go and and it ended up creating like a, a divergent story for about three or four episodes but in a fun way but mm-hmm. god the laughs that we got out of it yeah uh so there's a woman named edie patterson who's on uh, who's the character judy um on the righteous gemstones and i was reading an interview with her um uh, where she said and anything i could pre-plan is not going to be as funny as something that I do in the moment. Because mm-hmm. um, she's an, a fantastic improviser. I've worked with her a little bit um, on stage at Impro Theater. And uh, she, when she surprises herself, it's when she's at her funniest. So when... Uh, when we are... When, when the game master gives us this platform to, to explore and challenge and discover... Uh, we are going to find those joyous, surprising, crazy moments. True. Now, have you played any tabletop RPGs since your time with uh, Rat Queens? Yes, yes. So now I do um, Fiasco Knots regularly at um, uh, Easy Allies with Ian Hink and mm-hmm. Kyle Bossman. And... That was just a total natural fit in terms of um, storytelling. What I've what I've learned about Fiasco 
so we play the playset Fiasco that has multiple playsets, and it's basically mm-hmm. the conceit is, uh, do you know anything about Fiasco? I have not. I'm not familiar um, with it. I feel like you'd like it because it really lends itself to <laughs> one shots. Um, okay. And no one's a game master. Um, everyone, there's like a series of, you need a bunch of dice and you need to figure out how, um, who, basically you're like pulling from numbers. Okay. Um, and you're creating a story together, and then there's a set of rules. You know, everyone has two scenes. There are two acts, and the conceit is that it's like it's like a Coen Brothers esque. Mm-hmm. Everyone's kind of a bad person. Um, people most likely won't get what they want, um, but you do. Like it helps you build the want. It helps you build location. It it gives you the story setup, um, and really what it it does is. Um, especially for people that aren't, let's just say, ca- people who don't categorize themselves as mm-hmm. natural storytellers, it helps them It helps them do that. It, it, it guides them through a fantastic story. And so I've actually done that with my friends and at Easy Allies. So it's been fun to um, apply what I, what I did at Hyper in different ways. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Very cool. I feel like... <clears throat> I haven't played any Dungeon World myself yet, but reading up a bit for this episode and reading uh, comments sent in about people that do play this game, I appreciate that. Um, I like kind of the two dis or the two d six system where it's at least from the outside it seems less intimidating than rolling a d twenty like you would in Dungeons and Dragons and things, and I like that. In Dungeon World, and what you guys had uh, took from it with your customized system was you can succeed, but things will still happen. Like, whereas in with something like Dungeons and Dragons, you roll and you make a save or you actually hit or you succeed. It's either like a succeed or fail. It's never you succeed, but which you do in Dungeon World, which I think is really interesting and it seems like it would be just like such a fun kind of switch of switch up of things. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head too. Talking about it being a little less intimidating, jump into like a similar world as D anD D. So um, you know, it's tough for those. Just you, you, you got to start somewhere with some RPG somehow, and and everyone should have the opportunity to try and play in a in a teaching space or a space where people are willing to let someone be brand new at it and that's been mostly my experience with uh rpgs in general but dungeon world does kind of let someone ease in in a nicer way mm-hmm. and i completely agree with you that you know sometimes when i play D with my friends um i'm missing the flourish yeah i miss it's more like oh you um okay 15 you hit okay great and now next person what dungeon world really does it focuses on the story so much Mm -hmm. um you're you're meant to um uh mixed you're meant to have mixed success more than anything just based off of pure um uh ratio or no it's not ratio um probability Mm -hmm. your probability is you're most likely going to get a mixed success you're going to throw seven more often than anything else in a two a two die system and it's nice because you might you might get what you want, but there is a consequence. Someone might get hurt as a as a um, direct consequence to your action, and that 
lends itself it really taught me about um i don't know if you had a similar experience when i first started playing rpgs i wanted to be the good character yes i wanted to Okay, great. Because I think that's something we we want to see the good in ourselves. Or again, we want people to like us. So I am going to be the righteous character. It, it's so not fun, man. And doesn't yeah. mean you can't play good in a fun way. <laughs> but you, if you're going to play a good character, I argue that your goodness should get in the way. Yeah, it, it's it should be a it, it should be um, a handicap to the group. So um, just like anyone's alignment, it's not nothing is the right alignment. It needs to it needs to affect your character's choices. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it did help me to realize that there's not a there's no bad roles. And anyway, I yeah. needed to learn that there were no bad roles because I rolled snake eyes all the fucking time. Like yeah. it was impro- it was improbable how much I rolled snake eyes. Um, I think someone needs to do the math on that. But I, I rolled it <laughs> a lot. Um, but it it lent to some of the best storytelling yeah. moments i've ever have and probably will ever have do you have a what's your kind of most creative character that you've run so far that i've uh created or yeah like that you've created or what's kind of been the most zany or funnest character that you've created and played as so far in your few years of being a, a an rpg player yeah, that's a great question. Um, gratefully, I've been able to play so many different characters because um, Hyper RPG does this uh, once a month fundraiser, so they'll do one shots, and okay. so sometimes I get to come in and do <laughs> zany characters. I I knew nothing. I mean, I watched X X Men as a kid, but I knew nothing, and I think I was Jean Grey. Mm-hmm. Um, is that the one that Wolverine loves? Yes. Uh, so I played that character knowing nothing about her and just fucking ruined her um and and that was and that was fun so so that's a long way to say that actually the most creative character i've ever come up with was a uh, a character named hawkward and i played him two or three times only on eric artel's stream he's this really sweet guy who uh, all of a sudden, he, he, to his credit, he was like, I have this brilliant idea to stream Dungeons and Dragons on Twitch. And then a bunch of people were like, it's happening. It's, it, mm-hmm. you know, people have been doing this. But he did it. And, and I think it's still I think he's still um, recording it. But Ra- then Rat Queen started. So I couldn't continue the campaign with him. Um, but Hawkward was a dwarf. And he was just it was out of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Um and it was in his name that he was a little bit mm-hmm. awkward but confident. Um, so it was, I was at a time, too, when I was welcoming challenges in the story playing. So um, I, I, I miss him. Let's put it that mm-hmm. way. I miss him. One of my – I play in a biweekly campaign with uh, a couple of my local friends, and I have for a while. And we started – a couple of months ago, we started up new characters and a new little campaign, and – I created probably the most complicated character I've ever run, but it's been so much fun. It was, uh, my idea was this elf who had fractured his mind by, uh, he was like a an elf warlock who has fractured his mind by trying to perform like some forbidden ritual. So fairly standard, typical stuff. But with his fractured mind, I had six different personas Oh my god. That were each had each had their own stats, their own alignments, their own classes, 
everything like own uh their own kind of speaking ways and uh, uh dialects and kind of voices to them it was so much fun and whenever i would roll a nat one on anything like one of the personas would instantly swap oh my god so i could be i remember one of the first times it happened i was like stabbing a flying demon or something and it died so we started plummeting and i rolled badly to jump off of it and i rolled a one and i swapped to like a chaotic neutral a true neutral paladin who just like he has no idea what's going on he's just falling out of the sky and there's swarms of demons around him right there and it was just like that back and forth and swapping one of the most complex characters i've ever run because each class everything was all done by a dice roll so i assigned classes to like a d12 or a d20 rolled it went through my guidebook okay it's this class same thing for alignment so nothing was picked oh my goodness but it was so much fun and i could play each character completely different and adjusting to the different situations and never knowing when or if i would change like if my character gets spooked or startled, he could suddenly change to someone completely different. There was And how do you determine um what you change to? Um do because you roll I a D6? had No, I I rolled a D6 because I because it's fractured into six different personas. Each one is tied to a different side of uh like a normal dice. So I would roll I it and then it. swap completely to over there. So it's like, okay, how am I going to carry my goods? So my character just had like a bag of holding with them that he would just, if he swapped and he had time, he would just change all of his outfits or store his spell book in there and his sword and his bow and all these things for his different personas. And it was, it was just, it's a lot of fun. Scott, it's a, it's a brilliant idea. I mean, incredibly challenging. I have hard, a hard enough time keeping up with spells, <laughs> <laughs> but that is so yeah great. But. That's... But like after you've played for a while, it does welcome, it does invite mm-hmm. you to ch- stretch past a comfort zone. And if you're with yeah. the right group of people, um, which is what I tell a lot of people, like if, if you play with a group and you don't feel good, go find another fucking group. And it, I, I know it's yeah. not as easy as that, but there are a lot of people out there that are just <laughs> like you that want to play. So they, you will find the group mm-hmm. eventually where they're going to let you play six different characters and not think you're a showboat, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, wow, yeah. I had, so cool. uh, yeah, a couple weeks ago, I had, when I had made my character, I had told the DM that I had this idea of I wanted one session to be all of my personas are each of the other playable characters, like we're fighting inside my head for control of the body. So each wow. of the other characters, I gave one of my character sheets, and all my characters just fought each other. It was fun <gasps> to see how other people rolled and kind of dealt with my own characters. That so, is that was so fun. fun. That is so fun. Yeah, you have like a, a unlimited world of possibilities there. But we are not the only ones that really enjoyed both uh, Rat Queens, the RPG, and Dungeon World. So we are going around the web. Ooh. I'll start off, and then we'll uh, 
I'll pass it over to you and vice versa. Sounds like a deal. So, we start with Hot Cider from Reddit on Dungeon World. As a player, putting on a stage production to pay off an enormous debt owed to a casino mag- magnate. It took the GM 10 minutes to clock that it was a fantasy version of Star Wars A New Hope. As a GM, setting the players a trap where they had to move across an invisible path on weighted tiles or suffer activating arrows. One player got around the solution by laying flat, pushing a tile, and draining the trap of its arrows. Wow. My favorite aspect of Dungeon World is how conversation-driven it is. And you touched on it a little bit uh, that it's so story-driven. Very little downtime between the good stuff. Rolling for results is quick, and mixed successes keeps things interesting. So I want to, this this awesome comment reminded me of our play test that Emily ran before we did um, Rat Queens. We ended up doing like a mini campaign with a lot of the, uh, with Zach uh, Eubank and um, Matt and Zach's wife, and it was fucking pure chaos it, it just was insane and, we, and really emily was just learning the 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 system and and how to play and everything mm-hmm. and we and i was too no one knew i was going to be on it yet but it was like a way to anyway she had created this elaborate a number sequence that someone had to step on and it was a color pattern and a number sequence. I think maybe just a number sequence that someone had to step on in order to open a set of doors or not like activate a series mm-hmm. of traps. <laughs> so I rolled. I ha- my character had the ability to like perceive the magic or get the answer for her magic, and I rolled fucking mm-hmm. twelve or something. And she had to tell me what the fucking sequence was. So this whole thing that she had a plan for, with us, you know, trial and erroring, figuring out. I just had the number sequence, so I wrote it down. Ten minutes passed, maybe longer, because we mm-hmm. just couldn't get through a scene without joking upon joking. Matt Acevedo, who was sta- sitting next to me, he goes to walk up the path and forgot the number sequence. <laughs> and, like, didn't write it down. Mm-hmm. And and Zach Eubank was about to give him the number, and there's actually a great gif of me on the internet going, no, stop, let him do it. <laughs> and he... <laughs> It was so embarrassing for him because it meant that he didn't listen to what Emily did in the first place. We didn't care about her mm-hmm. elaborate scheme in the second place, and he failed. He he actually ended up, I think, going to to the death realm based off <laughs> of his uh, mistake. And it was it was glorious. So that is fun. Um, it, it, it's got. I think she was so bummed, but also it was it was classic. So that that reminded me of that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now I'm going to talk about Nosferatu. Yep. Is that right? Okay, so Nos- yep. Nosferatu from uh, Reddit on the uh, Rat Queens RPG. In episode two, I think, Hannah questioned why so many of the NPCs, and I think Zach, but my memory may be failing me, if he was uh, guest starring that week. I think he was, actually. Were named Dave. So my character uh, questioned why so many characters were named Dave. I think she questioned people's originality 30 years ago. And why they just gave everyone the same boring name. That's really funny. I forgot that uh, that I was so clever. <laughs> yeah. That's funny because one of my of best friends is named Dave. So damn oh, well, his folks for not being original. For being boring. Yeah. What's That's up funny. with that, man? Very funny. Uh, next up, we have Nahu Red from Reddit on Dungeon World. I was DM, and the party was having a typical hack-and-slash adventure on a dungeon. 
We were listening to a playlist called Epic Boss Fights or something like that on Spotify. But the thing is that when the final boss is about to die, one of the players hit it and finished him, but the player takes damage too, enough to kill him. As I was narr narrating the sequence, the playlist ends. When I say that the boss was killed and the recommended kicks in when I was narrating song. how the play when the recommended song kicks in, when I was narrating how the player died, it was sad violin song, perfectly timed. We laughed for hours. You can't play on that. You can't. It, it's like preordained. It's like the galaxy and the universe. He was meant to die. I just but. hope it was the sad violins from the Titanic going down. That would have been perfect. It would have been perfect. Um, yeah, we, I'll touch about on this lightly, but I totally believe in connectivity and flow, and that means what mm -hmm. they were doing is that they were in flow, whether they realized it or not. So they were in like a positive vortex, which is very mm -hmm. cool. Um, okay, Terrence Pryor from Real my quick, Discord. When, oh, go ahead. When you play uh, your RPGs and stuff, do you ever listen to playlists? Or like have like pump up music or like fantasy music playing it's a great question so what hyper rpg does really well is uh they have a technician that is not only operating a soundboard but also um uh sound designing while we're playing while we were playing live so there is background music that is playing that it really does inform how you feel especially if they're mm -hmm. in tune with you and it's not dissimilar from what ripley does in our live improv shows too where we have um uh, a live sound operator and lighting operator with us so they're they're not only are we um improvising our story they're improvising along with us and that tends to inform our, our choices like if something now if if, if this music goes dramatic i'm i might it might subconsciously mm -hmm. or consciously make me make a different choice yeah so was that music added in after the fact or were you guys hearing the music too while you were playing at hyper it's while we were playing so, okay that's cool. it's all live it was very very cool um you know with its occasional yeah. hiccups but nothing that um wasn't surmountable you know it's very cool yeah, very cool. Okay, so this is Terrence Pryor from my Discord. Um, and if anyone wants to jump in, uh, you can give them the link if you want. Yeah, it'll um, be in the episode description. Awesome. I'm so I'm so grateful that you're in it. Um, Terrence Pryor from my Discord on the Rat Queens RPG. Um, my favorite Rat Queens memories. Everyone reacting to Betty's death. Uh-oh, spoilers. Sorry. Everyone dancing to music I created. Emily's great GMing skills. So Terrence is just one of those uber fans and, and sweetest people. And he makes fun music and he would like take our quotes and turn like put it onto beats. And mm -hmm. so if he sent one in, we might play it at the end of a, a, a stream. And yeah, the Betty, Betty's death was pretty heavy. Sorry if you guys wanted to go watch all, you know, 70 episodes. <laughs> um, but uh, I won't, I won't spoil more, but it was, pretty shocking i did not no one knew what that was going to happen it was a really really big deal was it story driven or was it just really bad roles <laughs> um story driven we were okay. on our way the story was ending and um it was also circumstantially driven um okay. because uh the lovely girl uh michelle Wynn who plays it um I'm, I'm such an asshole, but I am Chubby Bunny. 
um, she um, she had to leave town for two weeks before we were ending the series. So her and uh, Emily had discussed um, killing off the character, and we didn't know that, and it was really fucking tough. Oh yeah. Yeah, pretty awful. Well, I'm glad it wasn't just it happened because she rolled really badly like five times in a row. Well, but if that's what happens, that happens. Like, oh, exactly. The, the chat really kept us from getting that far, but almost, I'm amazed we didn't really, it didn't really come to that for us, um, especially with my horrible roles. <laughs> but um, the way this happened was dramatic in a, in a nice storytelling way. Cool. Well, I look forward to getting to that part. Yeah. So, Next up, we have Dao Li from Reddit on Dungeon World. My fondest memories are actually from pretty mundane moments. During the make camp portion of sections, I just enjoyed the moments where our characters interact in meaningful, fun, or heartfelt ways. Like one moment, my character couldn't sleep due to feeling homesick, had amnesia, so didn't know, so I didn't know exactly where home was, only that they missed it dearly and sat on the tavern rooftops and gazed at the stars. And another playable character joined me, and we watched the stars together, and my character felt better thanks to that interaction, and it became a moment I wrote... Uh... uh, It became a a moment... Oh, yeah. A bond about with the other playable character. Which is a um, dungeon world mechanic. Yeah. I really love the bond system as a whole. Establishing tangent tangible and meaningful connections to players and even NPCs, or even things in some cases. A witch in the party once wrote a bond with her trusty spell book. She was a bookworm, and through that bond attuned the book and realized it and realized it was a sentient it was sentient. The book was alive. Hosting some type of entity. Later later it turned out that the entity was malevolent, and after a failed defy danger plus bonds the entity managed to escape the book and wreak havoc on the world, Whoa. becoming a major foe that we had to chase down and stop. Wow. In general, I really like how Dungeon World rewards experience. Instead of getting experience from killed creatures, encouraging murder hoboism, Dungeon... I like, I like that term, mur- murder hoboism. M- uh, murder hoboism yeah. is very accurate. Yeah. Dungeon World's end-of-session question encourages a more balanced set of activities. Bonds rewards play rewards character interaction and progression. Drives alignments rewards pure role playing and character. And experience on misses soften the blows of failures. Encourages trying to do encourages you to try and do crazy shit, and allows lower level characters an opportunity to catch up with higher level characters. This is becoming a very long reply, but the too long didn't read would be that I love how open and encouraging the Dungeon World system is when it comes to role-playing fun characters together with other players. It may sound a bit basic, and something all tabletop RPGs do, but Dungeon World just manages that ever so slightly better. God, that's a lovely I know. thought. I love... Long, even if it's Dowley, thank you so much for your reply. I I love these long replies that really touch on how meaningful and special games can be to people. No and one's gonna these, take that much time. These moments. No one's gonna take that much time to write that much if this wasn't impactful for them. Yeah. And uh, games, man. This this is why I love games. Games 
do a lot of cool stuff for people and people really like them and i always love this is always one of my favorite parts of each episode reading how the game in question or in this case the the uh, the game system in question really just uh reach people and touches people and yeah. creates long lasting memories so thank you and, very and much this, thanks games yeah <laughs> and thanks dowley once more for your response that's very very thoughtful response um this one i'm very excited from uh from norse meat he is um his name is Scott Rubin, and him and I played uh, as characters together on Blood Curling Tales from the Loop. Um, and he says on, from my Discord, regarding Rack Queens, my favorite memory is seeing them do a live show at Gen Con 2019. It was hilarious. It was heartfelt. It was a truly unique experience. Jessica was amazing, as always, ugh, and got the biggest laugh of the night when her character gave away the secret plot to a bystander just just moments after someone else said the queens shouldn't be trusted with the secret. Riley Silverman said that. <laughs> She's like, uh, we can't be, do you not know that we can't be trusted? And then my character goes away and, and says, hey, do you know anything about the murder? And the person's like, a murder? And Riley was all like, see, we can't be trusted. <laughs> uh, it's unbelievable. And then he goes on to say, also all of her terrible dice rolls that night and every show. Uh, without fail, without fail, without fail. But Horrible. That was but, very sweet of him. Yes. But thank you, Norse Meat. You are a Scott, a true Scott. A you true are Scott. <laughs> you are a true Scott. It's also apparently your birthday, so happy birthday. It is his birthday. Uh, have you ever seen the SNL um, skit where other actors are are uh, auditioning for <laughs> uh, Doc Brown's role? No, I haven't. I, I think Bill Hader. Maybe it's Bill Hader who's pretending to do um, Al Pacino auditioning. And great job, Scott. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of great, Scott. Yeah. Give it up, Scott. <laughs> so uh. funny. Uh, very good. Very good. But thank you, everyone, who sent in your replies. We got a bunch of them, so be sure to check the show description or the episode description down in the notes to get links to both to all the uh, both Jess's Discord and the subreddits in you, where you can post your own thoughts and memories of either the Rat Queens RPG or Dungeon World itself. I look forward to it. And now let's say after listening to us gush about the role-playing systems, role-playing in general, or Rat Queens, you're anxious to get on to an adventure of your own. Well, I am here to help you along with that, fellow adventurer. If you're interested in picking up or giving Dungeon World a try, you can still pick it up on Amazon. It'll let you. It'll run you about $25. The Rat Queen comics are still being printed, with Volume 7 being released back in February of this year. Or of 2020 and issue 22 releases may 6th 2020 supposedly depending on the virus it might be delayed but uh, hopefully it isn't yeah because it'll be nice to have some content yeah and issue 21 is supposed to be coming out next week on the tw- march 25th so look forward to that exciting 
And let's say you've picked up your Dungeon World off of Amazon or your local uh, video game shop and you need some tips or guidance. Well, gather around the fire and we will give you some <laughs> tips. Feel free. What, what tips or advice would you give new players, Jess? Great. Um, so... <laughs> The something we touched about uh, touched on is that it's the system is not meant for you to be successful with your roles 100% of the time, which actually makes it really exciting when your roles are successful. But um, to allow yourself to embrace the failure roles as um, great opportunities for connecting with um, your fellow characters, the world around you, and to engage in the story better. Shall I continue? Yeah, keep going. Okay. Great, great. You can go through um, your uh, your whole list. Okay, cool. So um, my second piece of advice to uh, everyone is the less you second guess yourself, the lo- the less this, uh, the group will second guess yourself. So I've, I also kind of touched upon like feeling nervous or inhibited. Uh, you know, there's always that moment inside of us uh, where we're like, should I be making this choice? But I find that even if I don't take an extra second to think about the choice and just go for it and I do it confidently <coughs> – then, then, then it's going to be fine. So uh, I challenge people to um, stop thinking so much and just go for it. Um, third piece of advice is to make character choices that are driven to serve the story, not yourself. So even it, so, that actually kind of ties back into number two. Don't think about oh, what's going to be the funniest thing I could do here. So think and don't think, but like make sure the character choices that you're making serve the story. And don't pull focus away from what you guys are doing. It's much more interesting if you find a way to interact. Stories are only as good as the relationships are. So strengthen those first and then act outside of that. Uh, Hopefully that made sense. Um, Oh, yeah. So I use an example here that um, my character, Hannah, like some people like want to just bang every person in the local inn. And my character, Hannah, on, RP, on, on Rat Queens, did want to bang every character she <laughs> met. But it was driven by severe pain and, and loss and wanting to feel comfort. Um, not just so I can be like, hey, let me exercise my uh, flirting skills here. I mean, it was also fun to perform it. But um, I, I didn't I never wanted to do that to the detriment of what we were what the story we were telling. Um Let's see. Be clear about how you feel with everyone. What did I mean here? That doesn't mean you have to map it out at the beginning. Uh, Think of it as though you're meeting someone for the first time. There's no possible way for them to know everything about you. Just Okay, well, I'm going to rephrase this a little bit. Um, Be open to your character changing is really what I wanted to say here. Um, So uh, be clear about what your character's wants are, but also allow your fellow PCs to... Um, endow your character with some history because like you and I were saying Scott mm-hmm. the surprises are usually what lends our, us us to um, interesting discoveries about our character uh, and in improv the, 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 way you, the way we talk about it is you're driving a car in reverse you can only see hmm. Uh, what you've what you've created behind you to go forward which is really difficult but um why not allow someone to say that you don't like mac and cheese? And even if you're a, as a normal person liking pack, mac and cheese and you want your character to like mac and cheese, but your friend Alicia says you don't, there's a reason. So you have the authority to figure out what that reason is. And so <coughs> bask in it. Don't don't say no. 
uh, welcome an opportunity for something different than what you thought might be. Um, and then <laughs> five is take an improv class. I think it's helpful. I think everyone in life should take improv, um, but you'll see how much it really informs your ability to um, do an RPG in any stretch of the imagination. It's true. I did a little theater in college myself, and I'm an also certified stage combatant. True. What? That's not surprising, actually. You do have a um, lovely presence, so oh, I'm not thank surprised. You. Thank you. A uh, lot of fun. But yes, great tips and advice from Jessica. For me, uh, it's fairly simple, and this can apply to any and all <coughs> Excuse me, tabletop RPGs. Is There's no wrong way to make a character a lot of people that uh i talked about maybe trying to get into a tabletop game um dungeons and dragons be it uh, dungeons and dragons dungeon world etc they always feel um that they don't know how to play or it seems very complicated but new players should always remember at the end of the day these games are all about your imagination of thinking of fun cool silly or exciting things that you want to do and then rolling to see if you can make it happen it's those things that we all could easily do when we were a child like believing you were a superhero or a ninja turtle or a she-ra or a detective whatever have you just tap into that inner child and just have fun you don't need to worry about people can help you with your stats it doesn't matter there's all sorts of different systems that are more complex and less complex but at the end of the day it's all about using your imagination and if your decisions end up getting the party killed don't sweat it because most likely at the end of the day years from now your friends will all look back and laugh about the craziness that happened that resulted in the party wipe. So in just everyone dying. Yeah. Because that's so, an unusual. Yeah. <laughs> You're so right. That's actually going back to like not second guessing. If you made a call, you made a call. And ultimately, it's the dice that decide how that's going to go. Yeah. But yeah, just have fun. Just have it. fun. Use your imagination and and rock out to some awesome characters. I love that. We are on to one of my favorite parts of each episode. It's the monster slash enemy of the week. Now this week, because <clears throat> it's not based on a specific video game, Jess, what was your favorite monster or enemy from the Rat Queens RPG? This is actually a really hard question because Emily Jacobson did create so a rich world of um, mixed evil, mixed good people to deal with. Um, and Hannah always saw someone as an enemy if they weren't a rat queen. But um, I, I'm going to have to answer with my demon dad. Um, so it turned out that he was kind of an enemy, but mostly in his bravura, in his um, bravado, in, in his gallantry. He, 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 you know, in a weird way, Hannah didn't have her own power. And so she fought him and, 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 and got rid of him as much as possible so that she could find her own power. And so that was not, he did not go quietly into the night and reared his head a couple times. Um, but it was a really, it ended up, 
it's, it's my favorite enemy, quote unquote, because of the storytelling. It was a very surprising choice. All of a sudden, like, Curtis Weave, like I said, the creator, he's like, feel free to do whatever the fuck you guys want with these characters, you know? He was really kind about saying, don't feel inhibited. And uh, very shortly after that, this d decision to get rid of her demon dad just popped up in the middle of a show, you know, uh, based off of something Emily said. And I think my I think my character wanted to use him too much, so she's like, "No, Jessica can only go demon. Uh, Hannah can only go demon once an episode." I was like, "Well, fuck that. I'm gonna figure out how else I can be a badass." Mm -hmm. And so we got rid of him, but then he caused some severe problems. He almost got one of the girls killed. Um, and that was exciting to be an inner battle. And, and it was great storytelling, I think. Very cool. Sounds like a great a great uh, foe to deal, for the Rat Queens to tackle and for Hannah to deal with, so. Totally, exactly. That is going to do this for this episode of RPG University. Jessica, thank you so, so much. This has been an absolute blast to have you on. Thank you so much. Scott, thank you. Um, and it's so nice <coughs> to know your take on RPGs because even just talking about it helps me to understand what I like about it so much and then hearing other people share in the love of it. It's it's That's what the whole thing is about is um, – Making people interact. <laughs> True story. So thank you. Thank you. Distance. Why? Like at least right now, interact with each other with a with a distance between you. With a loving distance, you know, gotta save, gotta save room for the Lord. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, but where can people find you online? What do you have cooking? Feel free to uh, plug away. I'm gonna. Um, so because of this um, self-inflicted quarantine, I've decided to stream. Um, I'm reading the the book dune right now on my stream which is um twitch.tv slash jessica nerdy n-e-r-d-y which is a play on verdi oh my god it's so funny um and if you want to follow me on my twitter for really really clever funny jokes um <laughs> it's at jessica verdi which with an i so v-e-r-d-i and um and at any given time ripley improv one day we'll be able to perform live again um <coughs> And, and people can check me out there and we'll have a movie eventually for people to see too. So, you know, I just, I like to keep busy. There's a lot of things going on, all the balls in the air and you know, who knows? So, but Perfect. please join, please join me. It'd be great. Yes. I like, I'm enjoying the read. It's so nice because I, 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 I told people that I told this pe to people already on, on the stream, but I was, someone read to me when I was experiencing a panic attack and I had some severe panic over this whole thing um, a couple of days ago. And so I realized if I'm experiencing panic, which I rarely do actually in, in actuality, a lot of people must be. So why not um, move, uh, put, put out in the world what has soothed me? And so it's been really a unique experience to get to do that. It's a lot of fun. I was in chat listening uh, yesterday because Dune is one of those series I've always wanted to get into, but I haven't yet. So it's been nice to had you on in the background. I was doing some work, so it was perfect. Does it and, make you more inclined to oh, yeah. read it? Oh, hands down. Oh, hands cool. Down. I, I can't wait to hear what you think about it. It's it's one of my favorites. Hands down. So, But once again, thank you so much, Jess, for coming on. Hopefully, we can quest an adventure sometime together. Uh, I see a tabletop simulator in our in our yeah. future. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Board games, card games, 
RPGs. We'll get a crew together. It'll be great. Can't wait. D&D just released a new book today, and you can play as a turtle, so I want to do a Ninja Turtle. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. They're called tortles with a T-O-R, but yeah, they're just tall, sentient turtles. So, Ninja Turtles, man. Of course. Tall, yep. So... But anyway, thank you for those of you who have listened to the end. You've returned the light to the crystals and unlocked a new job class. Be sure to rate review us on your preferred podcast service as each rating and review you leave will cause a leaf on the mana tree to bloom and restoring the balance and saving the world. Plus, I just really would appreciate it. If you have an RPG you'd like us to talk about, tweet at IrrationalPod with the hashtag RPGU with what game you'd like to see us check out. And until next time, everybody, class dismissed.